It is Wednesday, October 5th. I'm Scott Seiden. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Aaron Judge blasts home run number 62. The Atlanta Braves clinch their fifth straight NL East title. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. Welcome into Straight Out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. If you are listening to this podcast on the RJ Bell Dream Preview podcast feed, you can listen to us here for the next few days. But we are established on our own separate podcast feed. So to keep listening to this show each and every morning, just search for Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Aaron Judge hits number 62, finally. And the Major League Baseball postseason is set as the Braves clinch the NL East. The Padres wrap up the second wild card. The Mariners wrap up the second wild card in the American League. The Vegas lead, AJ? It's Aaron Judge. Yeah, let's start with Aaron Judge, who hits number 62 in game two tonight. High fly ball. Deep left. There it goes. Sailing into history. He's done it. He has done it. 62. Aaron Judge is the American League single season home run leader. The AL King. Case closed. Michael Kay with the call on the Yes Network. You want to hear how it sounded on Yankees radio? Sure. With John Sterling? Why not? Let's hear it all. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 62nd. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. Just think of it. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27. The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years. This is Judgment Day. Case closed. Both of them using case closed. Yankees radio network. You think they talked about that beforehand? You think? No, uh... I just I don't know. I think it was something that maybe both of them cooked up. That you know, it's Aaron Judge. Case closed. Drops the you know the gavel. Okay, something. (laughs) If you're gonna say all rise, you might as well just say case closed, right? Yeah, I guess so. So, what do you think about this? Aaron Judge now more home runs than any player in a single season in American League history. There's been a lot of people on Twitter that are downplaying this achievement. I've seen many tweets say, fantastic, Aaron Judge with now the 11th most home runs in a single season in baseball history. Uh, or Is that downplaying or is that just saying what it is? Well, it's 7th, but yeah, it's a funny joke. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it, Listen. There, there's two things that are factual and true here. Aaron, what Aaron Judge has done this season is incredible. It's an awesome achievement to hit 62 home runs in a season. But also, Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. So I, I can't like act like this is something I've never seen in my life before because I saw like unless he hits 12 home runs tomorrow, <laughs> he still doesn't break the record. Like this is it, so it's and it's. I think that the coverage of it has almost turned people against Aaron Judge because they're yeah, acting all, like... We've seen all the memes floating around social media where they're playing highlights of different sporting events, and it's like, uh, Texas wins the national championship with Vince Young, yeah, but yeah. Aaron Judge hits number 62. Yeah, so I think yeah. there's some people who are frustrated by it and that they're treating it like this is actually the home run record, which in a way is a little bit annoying. It's not no fault of Aaron it's, Judge's. Aaron Judge did what he did. It's awesome, but it's just... It's a great point you bring up because as much as... All the news outlets will correctly say this is the American League record. 
right? This is the most home runs anybody has hit in the, what, 120-year history of the American League? Did I get that right, McKenzie? They do call it the junior circuit, though. Exactly, because the <laughs> National League was around first. So you say this is the record in the American League. I have a small issue with that because with interleague play every single day now and a That's universal a DH across Major League Baseball, there's not – Anything really separating the American League from the National League anymore? Well, the, until the playoffs. Yeah, until it, the playoffs. One of them, one of them plays on one side of the bracket, one on the other. But you're right; the, all those AL and NL records are kind of out the window once they made the interleague play. So it, every day, there's, yeah. I mean, there's interleague play. There's an interleague series all the time. So how much do we really celebrate AL NL as opposed to just all of Major League Baseball? Uh, McKenzie, will you look up on ESPN.com and see what they say? Who, who's the uh, the NL leader in home runs this year? Well, when I go to ESPN.com, I get the MLB leaders for all the stat categories. I have to go to split. I have to go into the website to get AL NL because they just care about ML stats right there. They don't break it up anymore. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, it's just not – listen, again, this is a great achievement. Anybody who hits 62 home runs in a season, it, it should be applauded. It's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not the most amazing thing in the history of time. <laughs> but there is this sort of sense that no one has done this since Barry Bonds. I know John Carlos Stanton came close, right? He had 59 home yep. runs in uh, a couple years ago when he was the National League MVP. I don't remember that getting the same type of coverage, by the way, that Aaron Judge did. No, because John Carlos Stanton played for the Florida Marlins. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but because this is a Yankee, Mm-hmm. Because this is a guy who is you could you could make the case case closed one of the faces <laughs> of Major League Baseball, right? Yeah, and in fact, and for a, by the way, for a sport who desperately needs someone well, to be its face, this is what I was going to say. Aaron Judge would be recognized more than Mike Trout if they were both out in public. It's not well, even close. yeah, one's a giant. Well, it just <laughs> but people know who Aaron Judge is. Non-baseball people recognize what Aaron Judge looks like as opposed to Mike Trout. And Mike Trout is arguably the greatest baseball player in this generation of baseball. Those are facts, right? Yeah. With multiple MVPs, ridiculous stat lines. So Aaron Judge is popular. He plays on the most popular team in the number one media market in the world. Yes, there is East Coast bias. If he was playing on the left coast, it wouldn't have gotten the coverage that this has gotten. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people are wanting somebody to claim the record and do it clean. Then do it. Somebody go hit 74 and say, suck on that, Barry Bonds. Until you do, though, there is no clean record. And... This is what I warn everyone about, and I'm not here to accuse anyone of anything, but let it be known that there was a time when the great hope to break the home run record was Alex cleanly was Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Like, And if you think there's no world— Came close. He had 57 one year. And sure, and we just assume he was clean, right? <laughs> like, it, it, because there's no evidence over the history of his career that he ever I would do something like that. one game. Yeah, I shouldn't be suspended one game. <laughs> like, let's stop it with pretending that there's zero chance that steroids still exist in baseball. I assure you they do. And again, I'm not here to accuse anyone of it, but there was a time where Barry Bonds had a, had a substance that was well ahead of any testing protocol. Mm-hmm. And it's like the thought that that couldn't be the case now. Let me. This is how drug Mark testing McGuire works. Had a tub of Andro behind him in his locker while he was giving uh, an interview. Drug tests. No one cared. Drugs are always ahead of drug tests. The people manufacturing these drugs get paid a lot of money to say, "How do we beat this test?" Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not here to accuse. I'm just saying to act like Aaron Judge or anyone else in baseball today is somehow above above any reasonable doubt with steroids is foolish. So. I, I just – until someone goes in and hits 74 home runs and ha- never fails a test their entire career, there's no there's no separate records. There's a home run record. Barry Bonds is the home run champion. Congrats to Aaron Judge, though, for hitting 62 in but a season, which is no, unreal. There's no denying that 
should this record stand, when Aaron Judge retires and goes into Cooperstown on his plaque, will say, hit an American League record 62 home runs in 2022. And then I'll say, well, if I can direct your attention to the Barry Bonds plaque that isn't here, I would show you that it's funny. You're right. If he gets to the Hall of Fame, his plaque will have the biggest number of single-season home runs on it because there's no yeah, Sammy there's no, Sosa, there's, there's no, no Mark McGuire, there's no Barry Bonds plaque. So You're right. He, Aaron like, Judge. He's going to fool a generation of kids into believing <laughs> I am the home run king. Aaron Judge will have the most home runs on his plaque in all of Cooperstown. So that you know what? That's what we celebrate today, folks. That's what we celebrate today. But either way, congrats to Aaron Judge. It, like I said, I, I don't want to – poo-poo the achievement because it is an amazing thing it's just not the record and and that's that that's all there is that's all that there is to talk about well we can finally stop uh counting all the times that people have wagered the plus 230 to plus 260 odds on judge to homer finally cashes here those people have lost their ass the last two weeks like i mean if you were betting every night two home runs in what 13 games not normal for him. Or two, four, in 14 games, I think it ended up being. His 14th game is where he hit the second one. There was another record that was set tonight by the Yankees. Garrett Cole with the most strikeouts in a single season in Yankees history. 257 strikeouts. Why do the Yankees... That's the only team that their their records are like some standalone stat category. Well, because they've been around forever and they have the most championships of any team in professional sports. Uh, okay, but I mean... Did, so he's got the most strikeouts yeah. in a Yankee. Like, I mean, there's someone who's had the most strikeouts in a, uh, a, a Reds uniform. I don't know who it was. Whose record did he break if it's so important? <laughs> it's got to be Clemens. Johnson? I'm guessing it's Roger Clemens. But no. It, most strikeouts in a single season for the Yankees? I would say Ron Guidry, maybe? Really? Yep. More than Juice. Wow. I'm going to guess Garrett I will Cole. see myself out, fellas. Because I know my Yankee history. There you go. Ron Guidry, 248 in 1978. Nice. I remember it like it was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Now I can get back in my seat. Thank you. Well, Garrett Cole, uh, you know, the strikeouts are impressive. The home runs are not because that dude allows a ton of home runs, and that could be an issue for the Yankees come time for the postseason. But the Yankees are winners of the American League East, so they get a little bit of a rest before they begin their postseason series. The Major League Baseball postseason is set. We now know who will play whom, (laughs) as McKenzie likes to correct grammar all the time. Uh, So we know the matchups. It begins on Friday. Keep in mind, folks, this is a new format of the Major League Baseball postseason. So we have three wild cards now. The top two wild cards play each other. The third wild card plays the lowest-seeded division winner. In the National League, it'll be Padres at the Mets. All three games will be at Citi Field in Queens. And the Phillies will be at the Cardinals all three games in St. Louis. And the American League. The lowest seeded division yes. winner. And in the American League, the Rays at the Guardians, the Guardians winners of the Central, they are the lowest seeded division winner. And the top two wildcard teams, Mariners at the Blue Jays, all four series will begin on Friday. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's no reseeding in this thing, right? Like the, the, the matchups are set the matchups as they are. are. The matchups are set. So we'll have Friday, Saturday, and if necessary, Sunday. For these three games in the wild card series. And then starting on Tuesday, the division series will begin. So the Yankees will host the 3 6 winner. That's the Guardians and Rays winner. That's the winner of the Guardians Rays series. The Astros will host the 4 5 winner, and that's the Blue Jays or yep. the Mariners. The Braves will host the 3 6 winner. In the National League, so that could be the Phillies or the uh, Cardinals. And the Dodgers get the 4-5 winner, which could be the Mets or the Padres. Got it. Those series begin on Tuesday, of course. And those those will be seven-game series back to normal, right? No, those are divisional series. Those are five-game series. Got it. So the wild card round is just three games. The divisional series is what it always was. Five-game series in the divisional round. And then the NLCS and ALCS World Series, obviously, seven games. The NLCS scheduled to begin on uh, Tuesday the 18th. And the ALCS scheduled to begin on Wednesday, October 19th. And I think the World Series is scheduled to start on 
Friday, October 28th. Okay. So that's well, your postseason schedule. Well, let's take and a look. And we will at, have November baseball. Let's take way. a look at some of these series because I have to care about baseball now. Like, when we've reached yes, the time do. of year where it's time for me well, to. You should to, always care about it. Uh, okay. But I, I'm actually going to. I might watch a game or two. So yeah, let's. You should uh, watch more than a game. It's football season, Scott. But let's get you me in. During the week. Let's not, catch me up. Right. Okay. Let's catch me up. What do I need to watch for in this Padres Mets series? Pitching. It's going to be a battle of pitching. The Mets have lined up, and every team has pretty much lined up their pitching rotations, but the Mets are going to roll out Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and Chris Bassett in these three games. Will it hurt them moving forward should they advance? Yes, it absolutely will because that means that deGrom and Scherzer only pitch one time in the divisional series. Let me throw this out. Mm-hmm. My, my brain automatically says throw deGrom or Scherzer, then throw Bassett, then throw the other one because you might necessary. not need him, right? Well, like, maybe that's what they'll do. Okay. Again, no no pitching matchups have been announced yet. This is all me going off of assumptions off of who is in line to start. But if, you've if you got look t- at the schedule of when these pitchers pitched, and that's the order in which they pitched this past week, the Grom, Scherzer, Bassett, they would all go on their normal be, rest. Well, they're all going to be beyond normal rest. But if you've got the option and you've got two aces, let's say, you want to go ace, Non-ace, ace, right? If I was Buck Showalter, I would go DeGrom in game one, and then if they lose, I would go Scherzer game two. If they win, I would go Bassett game two and have Scherzer in game three just in case they lose. Okay. Uh, The odds to win the NL, the Mets plus 450, the Padres plus 1,200. What do we think the series price is in this? So Padres are probably going to go Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, maybe Mike Clevenger is the third pitcher. See, that's a strong rotation too. It's very strong. Musgrove and Darvish. Musgrove, Darvish to Grom Scherzer is just going to be phenomenal games if that's who lines up against each other. The Mets are home. I favor DeGrom and Scherzer slightly above those two in in Musgrove and Darvish. And I would say it's going to be Mets to win the series minus 160. Okay. Because I think you'll see Mets. Mets will be favored in every game. So if they're minus 120 in every game, minus 160. I think minus 160 for the series. And do you like it? Mackenzie, that makes sense? It does. Let me check my old binomial distribution calculator to uh, verify your math, but. Now you're just getting it way too right. smart for me. Like I, I am not that smart. Are you? Do you? Do you like the Mets in the series? I like the Mets just because, like I love, I love, the, love the pitching matchup, but I like them because they're home. The Mets, fifty three and twenty seven this year at home. It's one of the best home win loss records in all of Major League Baseball. The Padres on the road this year, forty five and thirty six, and it's know, that's not a bad road record either. No, no, and you know what? Something is like. Remember? Do you remember Juan Soto? I, I do. Wasn't this like the biggest trade acquisition yeah. that we were talking about? And and he's really done nothing. He's really done. Well, nothing. did you know Juan Soto's nineteen years old? I heard yeah, that once true. on a television. By the way, Mackenzie's done the math here. So a minus one twenty favorite in each game. It should be about minus one fifty ish for the series. And I said one sixty. Okay, so. hey, close. Yeah. All right, let's go to the other NL series: the Phillies at the Cardinals. Ooh, this is so tough because the Phillies actually. I love the pitching. So you have Wheeler, Nola, and Ranger Suarez as the top three pitchers for the Phillies against Jack. Is his, his first name's Ranger? Ranger Suarez. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and you will have uh, Officer Flaherty. No, you'll have Jack Flaherty, Jordan Montgomery, who's been great, and Adam Wainwright. Yeah, he's Yankee, still around. The Yankees should have traded for Jordan Montgomery at the deadline. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's that's actually really good. Uh, the one thing I will say, though, it, that makes me kind of lean towards the Phillies as a live underdog. So the Phillies actually have not been good this last couple of weeks of the season. But over the course of the entire season, they are one of the top hitting teams in Major League Baseball against left-handed pitchers. And so when they face Jordan Montgomery, you're going to be looking at a left-handed pitcher going up against this Phillies lineup. The Phillies might be live in that game, especially if it's Aaron Nola, who's the opposing pitcher. And Nola's been great. Uh, Even his underlying metrics are much better than his already good normal statistics. So with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola in, in the first two games of this wild card series, I mean, the Phillies are live. Phillies thirteen to one to win the NL, ten to one on the Cardinals. What do you think the series price is? Who do you like? 
it's going to be the Cardinals as a favorite. It'll be the Cardinals minus one. Man, it's got to, it's going to be less than the Mets as a favorite over the Padres, I think. So it might be 140. Okay. And I think the Phillies are I think the Phillies are are, are capable of winning this series. Okay. So you're, it, you you you'd find value on the Phillies as a dog. I do. And and this is what like I said, uh, against lefties is just uh fantastic because the Phillies are the third maybe the third best team in baseball against lefties. Now the Cardinals are the best team in baseball against lefties. So Ranger Suarez is a lefty. He is scheduled to throw that third game against the Cardinals. If it gets to game three of this series, and it's a 1-1 split, and it's Ranger Suarez against Adam Wainwright, the Cardinals are going to be big favorites in that game. But Phillies might have a chance to win the first two games of this series. Uh, Probably the matchup I'm most looking forward to, the Rays at the Guardians. Oof. Now, the Rays have the experience, right? And the Guardians are not a good offensive team. But the Guardians have just been able to win baseball games. And they've been able to take care of business and pull away in a central division that about a month or so ago was tightly contested. This was a three-team race for a while, and then the Guardians just pulled away. And so you, you cannot not be impressed by what the Guardians have done. I will say this, though. You look at both teams and their comparative stats, you know, they both have a very similar run differential. Uh, The pitching staff for the Guardians, though, is going to be comparable to what you're going to see here for the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. The advantage the Guardians have is in their bullpen. Emmanuel Classe is arguably the best closer in Major League Baseball. If the Guardians get this to an eighth inning and they have the lead, you might see Class A come in for multiple innings, and you're not going to score against him. So the pitching matchup's probably going to line up Shane McClanahan. Uh, you would think Tyler Glass now because he's healthy now. Yeah. He's looked good. Maybe Glass now splits a game, like with Corey Kluber or Drew Rasmussen or something. Uh, but for the Guardians, it's going to be Shane Bieber, Tristan McKenzie, and Cal Quantrill. And, and here's a really interesting stat here on uh, Cal Quantrill. The Guardians are 16-1 and in his last 17 starts. That seems pretty good. When he starts a game, they win. That's good. So uh, I think that that is something that we have to keep in mind. Should we get to uh, a game where Quantrill pitches, I line up the Guardians as a very small favorite in this series. Well, that's surprising because the the series price has the Rays at ten uh, ten to one to win the AL, and the Guardians twelve to one to win the AL. Well, so. they're both. Yeah, the odds are, are close. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I say I, I have this as a very close. So it says the Rays are are Slightly more likely. Better. Yeah, and on the road, that's that's surprising. But to that's me. that's just their futures odds. Yeah. That's not the odds to win For this the series. series. One thing I'll say about the Rays, and they, this is good, it's going to be lined as a coin flip. If yeah. anything, it might be because the Guardians have the three games at home. It might be Guardians minus one ten, one fifteen in the series. The Rays are one of these teams that they manage games differently in the playoffs. The last couple of years, I've watched them in the playoffs and been like, "What are you guys doing?" Kevin Cash has made some odd decisions yeah. in the playoffs, almost like he he gets nervous and feels like he's got to do something when he doesn't. If anything, that turns me off from the Rays, but I do I do like their team. I like what I've seen out of them so far. All right, let's take a look at this last series. Seattle at Toronto for the right to go play the Astros. Uh, how fun has this Mariners story been, right? They end the longest postseason drought in the four major professional sports. It's been 21 years, right, since they've gone to the playoffs. So let's let's celebrate that. Let's acknowledge that. That's right. Let's feel good about that. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays have a ton of expectations. This was a team that coming into this year was expected to win over 90-something games, right? 91 and a half games, maybe, or 92 and a half. 92 and a half. 92 and a half. The only team with better or higher win total was the Dodgers. And they're sitting here at 91 wins going into the final day of the regular season. So 91, they got to get to 92 and a half, one game left. I'm feeling I'd play the under. (laughs) (laughs) But that's pretty darn close, though. Um, So that's really interesting to see, you know, how this team has performed this season. Anyway, I look at the pitching matchups here in this series. And for the Blue Jays, 
Alec Manoa, Kevin Gosman, and Jose Barrios, maybe. I mean, that guy stinks. Uh, against Luis Castillo, who's been tr- great. And the, the Mariners just gave him a contract. So he's been great. Robbie Ray, last year's Cy Young Award winner, who pitched for the Blue Jays last year. Yep. And Logan Gilbert. These games will be in Toronto. I give Toronto the edge at home. Toronto this year, though, not as dominant of a home team as some of the other teams across Major League Baseball. But still, the crowd will be into it. I think the travel might have something to do with it, right? Seattle's got to go now cross country and north to another country to go to uh, to go to Toronto. I, I just think that Toronto's going to be favored in this series. Probably, man, it's it's going to be north of minus one fifty. Okay, the series odds say it's going to be pretty lopsided. Toronto plus five fifty to win the the AL. Uh, the Mariners ten to one. So. Yeah, I, it it might be this might be the highest priced series. I think it'll be if if I'm ordering if I'm giving the order of the pricing of the series, I would have this one be the highest priced, then the Mets over the Padres, then the um, Cardinals and Phillies. And then finally, the coin flip series between the Rays and the Guardians. All right, so there you go. That's a uh, that's a look at your baseball playoff matchups for the wild card rounds. So if you go by the order of the the series pricing that I said, I said the coin flip would be the Rays against the Guardians. Fangraphs gives the Rays 55.2% chance to make the division series. Guardians, 44.8% chance. So they favor the Rays over the Guardians. Yeah. And that makes sense if you look at the odds to win the World Series, right? Or the odds sure. to win the yep. American 10 to League. 1 versus 12 to 1. And they have the Blue Jays have a higher percentage than the Mariners. So they would favor them in that series. In the National League, they have the, uh, it goes, uh, actually, Phillies with a 55% chance to make the division series. Then the Mets, 53.7, Cardinals, 45, Padres, 46. So think about that. I said uh, Mets-Phillies would be the highest price there. That makes sense. But think about this. Fangraphs gives the Phillies a better chance to get to the divisional series. So if the Cardinals are lined up as a small favorite in that series, then yeah, the value is on the Phillies. There you go. So if you're looking for a dog, Phillies may be the way you want to look. And the Phillies, a 6.2% chance to win the World Series, according to Fangraphs. And the baseball gets started on Friday. It is Wednesday, and on Wednesday in the middle of the week, we like to talk some football with R.J. Bell, and maybe this week he'll be willing to admit that Justin Herbert was brilliant against the Texans. Hmm. No, no, not so much. <laughs> I like. Here's what I like. I like that you guys know that I'm always ready to jump on mic, correct things, right through. In a weird way, I don't know if Robin Hood would be the example, but like taking from the not rich so much, but taking from the greedy, the ones that want to win the debate when it's not fair. Herbert was horrible. I mean, let's just start against there. the Texans. I mean, I would make the case that if you he was fine. Are you a fan of the Chargers or of Herbert? I'm much would more of a fan of Would you rather him be like the third QBR and the Chargers not make the playoffs, or would you rather him be the 13th QBR and the Chargers make the playoffs? Ooh. You don't know, do you? I don't know, because I know until he makes the playoffs, that's all people are going to hold over his head. So what you're saying is you want him to make the playoffs because you think it's better for him. Yes. So really, it's all... now. What, I care about Herbert much more than I care about the Chargers. Now, was there a paternity test that you're the father of Herbert? I'm not the father. I am not the father. But you're like six... Four, right? Six, I'm six three. Yeah, so that means you could. I mean, it's not like physically. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. His knee doesn't go out all the time. No, so. and my kids aren't that good looking. Yeah, well, yeah, he's a good looking kid. <laughs> yeah, you think Herbert's right good looking? I mean, I know on Pornhub they have a lot of like stepdaughter, and I mean, uh, it's a weird thing. I would, you know, what I haven't been able to find is Chargers helmet porn. I haven't found but, any of that. Well, yet. you've invented it. Uh, well, I'm going to. That's the plan. But so really, you don't. You care more about Herbert. I do. Would you rather the Chargers win the Super Bowl? At Herbert gets hurt in the first playoff game or they get eliminated the first playoff game eliminated in the first playoff game when did you start did you love him at Oregon no when did it start well when I saw him play like when I once I started to see him but you saw him play at Oregon you're a college football he wasn't that guy in Oregon I can tell you that I don't know he's blossomed Scott, let me it's ask you. It's the Josh you. Allen thing. It, like, it, they just blossom. blossom. That sounds like what a girl would do right before a prom, blossom. That's what she did. That's what Herbert's done. 
Scott, how does it, I mean, we don't judge um, homosexuality or, not even that, but love of, you know, men. Man crush. It's a man yeah. crush. We're not saying that's wrong. There's, like Seinfeld There's said. nothing wrong with that. Nothing Two, wrong with that. 2004 but had a man crush on A-Rod. Does it make you uncomfortable? What about uh, all the pimples on his back, though? Well, that was different. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, I'm, I don't think it makes me uncomfortable. It makes you look manly. I'm Listen, I'm a Justin <laughs> Herbert fan as well. But not like Not that. to the extent where I'm making excuses for him every single week, but I appreciate and admire his game. He's a guy that I think is an MVP candidate before the season starts. He's, not now. Not now, but before the season started, he was someone that I was highlighting to be the MVP. The Chargers were a team that I did bet to win the Super Bowl last year. That didn't work out. <laughs> you mean when they didn't make the playoffs? You didn't win yeah. your Super Bowl back? Okay. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like but they I, should refund you. It's like if they don't make you it. You weren't even in it. It's like you bet a prop and then the guy never gets exactly, on the field. They should exactly. refund it. That's an interesting you know, point. I probably have that ticket somewhere. <laughs> now, collateral damage. You understand that concept, I right? I do. I think anyone that touches her in any way gets near Herbert, is potentially you're going to turn on him. Because Brandon Staley, you figured out at one point, you know, if I make him be at fault, he's the Herbs, Herbs can't be at fault. I agree. Is that how you feel? Yeah, now? absolutely. So you hate him? I don't hate him. I he's just holding think back your boy. He is holding him back. He's got to get better. Uh huh. What do you think of Staley and all? Because one of the things we talked about was I hate this love of modern of young coaches. I'm like, in what in what world by not doing something do you get good at it? Brandon Staley was at John Carroll a couple years ago, a school yeah. named John. And now he's making he's making a mess of fourth down decision making. And somehow he doesn't even believe what he thought last year because he's reverted. He's changed it up. So what does that mean about last year? He didn't believe it. But AJ and I talked about this before uh, on an episode of SOVAM where we identified over the past 14 Super Bowls, 10 of them featured a coach coaching within his first three years. So there's been, but they weren't usually 28, 30 years old. Like it's not saying you have to have a massive amount of head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. You need he some was life a, experience. He was a coordinator for one year. Yes, one year. Yeah, he was under that, Fangio's out of work, mm-hmm. and he was a <laughs> linebackers coach where we were under Fangio like three years ago, and he, that was a huge jump from John Carroll. Yeah, and now he's the hot name. Well, I, I think he well, was the was hot, the hot name. name. Yeah, but it, haven't we seen the same thing in Chicago? It looks like that coach isn't doing so well. We've seriously seen it in Denver. Yep. Like now, Miami, they got a guy that is older. What's his name? Mike McDaniel. Yeah, but he was the. I mean, Kyle Shanahan. We said this on the other show. Is considered a brilliant guy, and somehow McDaniel's was the brains. Mm-hmm. Now that and the guy has all these this experience, I can respect. Belichick was under Parcells for what? 15 years, almost 12. Well, ultimately, before he got the Patriots job, he went back and did multiple years again. It's also wild that you said Mike McDaniel's older and he's like in his 30s. And now we can well, that's, consi- is, old that's considered old in the well, NFL least, now. But he's been in the NFL for yeah. over a decade. Uh, 39 years old. Well, so he's 40 years yeah, old. That's and like was, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, and he was in the NFL for a long time. Yes. Under Shanahan. But it's just funny that that's now considered he's an older guy well, now when you look at guys like Staley. Exactly. And I think it's a mistake. And you know what? The Chargers like to save money on coaches. And what was the talk? Just, you know, Monday Night Football, watching that game between the Rams and the 49ers, everyone's talking about uh, 49ers defensive coordinator who's uh, 37 years old or 38 years old about how he's the next up-and-coming head coach that's going to get a job next year. Yeah, D'Amico Ryans has done a great job with that defense, but is he ready to be a head coach? And we're talking about who exactly? D'Amico, D'Amico Ryans, Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Okay. Oh, the four. Okay. He's well, he was getting a lot. He was getting. He was old. getting a lot of love last year too, right? This is. Oh yeah, the Vikings job he was up for, and he was in. He was in the league three or four years ago. It's been, <laughs> it's been fast moving for him. See, and that's the thing you got to wonder about the 49ers who played well um, on Monday night. And here's my thinking. Shanahan's, it all came, and McKenzie can speak to this, first cousin, blood cousin of Kyle Shanahan. McKenzie, there was that group in Washington, right? It's almost like the founder's photo, you know. Uh, yeah, they're all they're all coaches. Yeah, yeah. it's like the Declaration <laughs> of Independence, you know, Ben Franklin's in the back. And how many see, presidents are there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> George Washington's tall. I mean, it's like that's what this is. But then you got a guy like um, the McDaniel fellow who was uh, like a special, was a quality control guy there, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, so they all were there from the beginning. Now they're start, they've run out of those guys. And now they're hiring new guys they have to teach the system to. But those guys weren't there when Uncle Mike was explaining the – you know, mm-hmm. it feels like you're going to get almost like they talk about when Bill Walsh left 
Then, um, oh, I'm having a block now. Uh, George Seaford Seaford. comes in. And Seaford, it was like one photocopy of it. So it wasn't quite as crisp, right? Or remember back in the day, were you... Did you ever make demo ta- or not uh, mixtapes? Yeah, of course. But it wasn't like a playlist. It was a mixtape. Yeah. Well, once you record, someone else would record it, and mm-hmm. someone each generation it got worse. And I'm not talking about generations like kids. I'm talking about generation of the incident or of the of the item. It feels like the 49ers are finally at the point where they don't have anyone that was originally there. Now they got to teach them. And I think there's a degradation of understanding of the system. Mm. That's going to cause it's too diluted. The further you get away from the tree trunk, the less strong the branches yeah, are. Especially if you weren't there that at the beginning. Deep, that Thank was you. really deep. Hey, or uh, Mackenzie, what do you think of that? It's an interesting point. It reminds me, though, if we're going to teach them the system, is it better to instill over the course of the season? Shanahan, notoriously slow starter, not unlike you know some other great coaches of the past. So you're saying part of the slow start now is about part of it's a teaching experience of the coaches that beneath them? Right. We're not finding quick well, that's fixes. A big, that's a big problem because they started slow generally when they had coaches that were there a decade. Now they got to teach. I mean, maybe they should catch it. How complicated could this offense be? <laughs> it's like you got to be a PhD or something. So I guess my thought would be this. <sighs> Herbert is not all that. Will he ever win a Super Bowl? Yes. Did when when the injury started piling up for the Chargers, did you initially think, oh, darn, and then it dawned on you, wait a minute. No. No. I know what you're going at. You're saying, did I have an excuse built in? Yes. You're no. thinking, no way can they blame him now. He's no. got a free roll. I, no, but I do think that, <laughs> that yeah. game, that first game that he was, that he played with the injured ribs, it was like, oh, he shouldn't have been playing. It's like, well. Well, no, they said he shouldn't have been playing when the, the game was – a lost cause. There was zero percent chance of winning, and he was still taking hits. But there was a lot more. There was a lot bigger issues with the Chargers that day yeah. than Justin Herbert's ribs. I, but but that was the. once the game had zero chance to win, yeah. Herbert could have been the best quarterback ever times two. It would have been smart. Why to why still take? Doesn't I? I tell you this, your buddy Abuma Mudafe, right? Yeah, me a yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was saying that's when he went, huh? Nailed it. Exactly. He was going, well, it's easy to spell. (laughs) He was saying that he was out, he used to like Staley, and now he hates Staley, and it was all because of Herbert playing that. People love Herbert. I've never seen anything like, what is it? He's like 6'4", and he's good looking, has probably gotten every girl since seventh grade. What do you have in common with him, one? Not one thing, no. And number two, why would you love someone that has more than you? Well, I mean, who else am I, I mean, I going to love? I, you can love someone like me that started with nothing oh, and rose up. Oh, you've got more than me, too. Yeah, but it's closer. It's closer. <laughs> I mean, and I worked for it all. It's not just, oh, look how good looking. And, and Oregon, I don't think he made it to the NFL by being good looking. You don't think his height and stature and his general his genetics? Co- comportment, his comportment. I don't know what that word means. Fez, you know what comportment is, right? The way someone carries himself. Why is Fez here on a wedding? I don't know what Fez is doing. He's here all the time. He's hanging out. Fez is a big fan of the show. Fez, is this kind of like Tom Brady and the wife? Is there any uh, thing you want to tell us? Fez likes to get here early before the breakfast. uh... Oh, no. It's like midnight. My wife just said I got to be home by midnight. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But I'm here for the library. (laughs) He's looking at the books. All right. I think you've taken it. Have you been impressed with Herbert's growth this year? Yes. Seriously? I have. Yeah. Like, where does it show? No, I, I think Justin Herbert playing through this injury, playing through the the issues around him. I think this is this but is going to end up being. What's he been doing? He's been losing. Yeah. <laughs> so what's he been doing? I mean, are they losing because of Justin Herbert? I think no. Is the but question. I'm saying, where has the growth been? You've taught me not to look at wins and losses with quarterbacks. Not overly luck. Not but, overly. But luck. I think Justin Herbert going through the adversity of of an injury for one and major injuries and around losing his number one wide receiver shows some toughness. I agree. Major injuries around him and still persevering. I I do think this is going to end up being a growth year. I don't think it's a Super Bowl year yet. I will say this to close this topic, if that's okay, Scott, is. I think it was a deceiving win against Houston. Oof. And if you look at the numbers, and, and McKenzie's actually been doing a strong job, and you guys got to get plugged into these numbers, about how do we quantify the results of games. And one of the things we look at is yards. We look at first downs. We look at yards per play. We look at what Kevin Cole, who's at PFF, does on his, I guess, game recap. He comes up with a projected score, what it should have been. 
And then we actually look at uh, uh, Football Outsiders that comes out on Tuesday, and we add it all up, and we say this is what the average score sh- should have said, and what was it, and what was a differential. And then we can see overrated or underrated performances. And if you look at the Chargers, I won't go through all the numbers, but the Chargers got lo- – in fact, I'll go through a few just because I want you to understand it. The Chargers got very lucky on late downs. They picked up 21 points on third and fourth downs that they had over what was expected. Meaning it's not just, oh, we assume they're going to make half. No, we look at their performance. We look at the league's performance. We blend it very well. They scored 21 extra points on, quote-unquote, lucky third and fourth down plays. Because in the long run, you're going to be as good as your baseline. They were better than that. If they don't score that 21, how much did they win by? They won by 10. They lose by double digits. And you'd be, and listen, I had them in the contest. Now, you know, in the super contest, so they won, I was happy. But man, I was not impressed by that. But you, team wise, you were impressed they by were, that? They were dominating in the first half and just sat on the lead. But it, they only had an eight. You know, Houston in the fourth quarter had an 18% chance to win on average throughout the quarter. That surprises me. But our four, you've seen our fourth yes. quarter win share. It's yeah. hard to bucket. It is. So, I mean, to me, I think that you can't blame Herbert for that, but don't go thinking. I mean, if you actually if you look at the accumulated luck, I mean, the Chargers were very lucky. But, again, they were very injured. Slater out for the year, right? Yeah. Keenan Allen wasn't playing again. Bosa wasn't playing. Well, Bosa's out on the, on the injured reserve, yeah. right? Yeah, I think it's been a bad year for them. Let me ask you one last question. Is it true that the same doctor is with the Chargers that, that, that almost ended Tyrod Taylor's career? punctured the lung, yeah. Is that, he's still there. Yeah. So when he got – we're assuming he got shot up this week. Did that doctor shoot him so up? what they did was they – when they gave – I'm assuming they gave a shot as well, but they had some sort of new technology to give the shot. So the doctor had to press a button probably, and then the computer did it. Probably. Yeah. Some super technology – because that's what everybody was talking about. Was like, oh, God, they gotta, don't let this guy near Justin Herbert's rib cage. God forbid. Let's say this in closing. Anyone that talks about sample size, you know, they say, oh, this team's lost three in a row on Monday night, and they'll mm-hmm. go, ah, the sample size is insufficient. Sample size was one with his doctor. If you're Herbert, would you <laughs> let enough. that doctor shoot your ribs? No, it's enough. Not coming here. Sample size is insufficient. I don't care about sample size. It's enough. <laughs> All right. I got a question for you guys. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. By our 50% PFF, 50% QBR, he's the 12th best quarterback in the league. He was the MVP last year, MVP the year before that. Is this finally no, – he's of the age that he would be the outlier if he had a season like last year. Only Brady, literally. Right. Even Drew Brees was dropping off, you know, who had a good late career. Is it, is it over with Rodgers? Where, is, has he hit the wall? By the eye test, I want to say yes. The only thing that keeps me from saying it emphatically is, had you asked me this same question four years ago, I would have said, oh, yeah, But it wasn't age then. It seemed like something was wrong, but he wasn't so old that it was the age. But he was also – I mean, even then he was of an age where it wouldn't have been a surprise. Five or whatever. Like now it's at the – Terry Bradshaw maybe at that, but but in in 2022 or 2018 or whatever. Now he's at an age where it feels like – it's almost a given that it's going to happen, and the eye oh, test said, given, says when? that it's happening. Uh, so, I, I if I had to if I had to take a firm stance here, I say, yeah, it's the beginning of the end. I just don't like what I see, and I don't know how to quantify this. And I could be making it up, but what my eyes tell me when I'm watching Aaron Rodgers is a guy that is not as into the game as he was. A season ago. Now, is that or if you season. didn't see hear about the ayahuasca? If you didn't hear about that, could be playing into yeah, it. It, yeah. it. Honestly, it could. And and all the interviews with Pat McAfee or, and all this. Stuff, or even even when he's it. in the post game and he looks like he just came out of like a meditation but tent. He throws the interception last week, which was extremely rare. Right? This is a guy, especially at Lambeau, does not throw interceptions. Well, well Belichick can trick anyone. Sure. The look in his face was just like. And I guess you want quarterbacks to yeah. show up and be like, whatever. But no did, memory. It didn't look like he cared. He didn't, it didn't happen in this universe, in this reality. Probably didn't. <laughs> and and this is a guy that we have to – I said it with Brady, too, when we talk about Brady coming into the season. Like, Aaron Rodgers toyed around with retirement. That was a real conversation surrounding him. Yeah, I think that was a money play. Maybe who, it who was. Who retires out to two MVPs? Even Jim Brown didn't do that. But who even has the conversation? 
the guy that wants to have leverage over the Packers, right? But you he some, had the relationship with the Shailene Woodley that fell apart. Supposedly, supposedly, supposedly allegedly, he was going to get married. Now that fell allegedly. apart. Allegedly, he's hosting Jeopardy. He has other pursuits outside of football. Eh. There's a lot that he's he. I I will say this, and I bet you would agree with me. Aaron Rodgers' Q rating has gone down over the past couple of years. Amongst sports fans. Yes. I think it's gone way up amongst the general public. Now, what good is that? I don't know. Oh, Worked for Michael Strahan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, here's what I would say. Michael Strahan, like, who needs sports fans? I'm good with moms. I'm going to do a Bill Simmons here. Varsity Blues. I'm assuming you've seen of it. Of course. You've seen of it. Of course. Okay. What was the premise of Dawson Leary, I think, <laughs> is what you would call him? <laughs> That's... I love the fact that you're using that as a, a John Moxon in the movie. Exactly. Mox. But I was a Dawson Creeks fan. Yeah, so he's yeah. Dawson Leary. He'll always be Dawson Leary. Exactly. With the big, and and my, Mark, who still works in customer service for us, I was with him in college. He hated Dawson because his head was so big it took up the screen. It yeah. seemed like. All right. But they say actors have big heads. Now, here's the point. What was the premise of that Moxon dude? It was a dude that played football because everyone around him played. Yeah. He wanted to be kind of cool. But he w- he didn't love the game. He was he, an academic. He didn't love the game, but his ethos was different. And that ethos, that, that, that culture was win at all costs. The coach is the most important guy in the town. He's saying, no, maybe the mayor should be or maybe someone else should be. No one ever has made the NFL and succeeded. Isn't Aaron Rodgers Dawson Leary a la Moxon? A guy who is so freaking good. He can come in and act like football is not as important as other things and still win two MVPs in his late 30s. But I don't want your laugh. <laughs> I just don't. I, That's it, interesting. It just rubs me the wrong way. Because it's, you're old school. Yes. Like you like the coach. And you were sad when they kicked him out. You like well, Coach Kilmer? Coach Kilmer won state championship. It, it, was, a, it, it was a coincidence his name was Kill. I mean, they, they weren't trying to load the thing. Yeah. He said, I don't care. I still like him more than Dawson. He did win two titles, though, two state ships. That's pretty good. First of all, you inject that running back and you get him back on the field. <laughs> so, but you see, you are, you are more related to the coach than Moxon. A little bit, a little bit, but I, I just, but don't you see I Aaron Rodgers as the pro as the kid, almost if Moxon had a kid, it'd be Aaron Rodgers. Now that's interesting. Yeah, now you got me thinking. Uh-huh. I was, th- was going to say something else, but now I'm thinking and about. And he the went whole to like he went to Dartmouth, yes. and he got with like a six-two volleyball player. Yeah, and they produced Aaron Rodgers. I but here's the difference: who was homeschooled? <laughs> here's the difference. I will say, what was it? Was it Tom Brady who was cursing at the center this week about snapping the ball? Was yeah. it Brady? Right, that was the clip that went that, that went viral. Okay. Oh, who, who, someone. Was it? No, so, I think it was. I, I saw Brady yelling at an offensive lineman. I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, he was like, you got to snap the effing ball. Oh. right? The, and, and then they said Giselle, and I don't know what that was, but God. Antonio Brown hugging her. Is that true? Did you not see that photo? No, no. Antonio Brown posted a photo of he and Giselle hugging after the Super Bowl. Oh, no, it was Aaron Rodgers who was screaming, you got to snap the fucking ball. Okay. That's what it was. It was um, Aaron Rodgers. So, so in a way, it contradicts your point. Yeah, I was going to say Because <laughs> you were trying to say that's what football yeah. is supposed to be, yeah. except it was the guy that maybe yeah. was Moxon. Where do you see Aaron Rodgers going from here? <sighs> to Tibet. Okay. <laughs> uh, the Dalai Lama. You know, it's gonna be... I think that here's the last thing I'll say, and I'll let you guys continue with your wonderful show. And let's be honest. When I hold back my material, it's strong. Thank you. I mean, I was holding this for you guys. <laughs> John Elway won one Super Bowl before his last year. By far, his worst year was his last year. He retired early, some would say, but he was, it was time. Peyton Manning went his whole career, maybe the best regular season quarterback ever, certainly better than Tom Brady. It's not even a debate, regular season. What's that number, McKenzie, all pros? Um, six for Manning and two for Brady? I think it's seven and three. Like, it's like double Brady. yeah. yeah. And then you're close. He won one Super Bowl in his first, what, 15, 18 years, whatever. And then he won his last year when he could hardly throw. Yeah. One, there's something to that. There's something about the other team looking, saying he can take us there even if he can't anymore. Right? Because to this day, if Joe Montana walked in, you'd think, hey, maybe he's got one driving him. Right? <laughs> John Candy's dead, so you can't point to him. To me, maybe this is the year Rodgers wins it because he is dropping off. But in a different way, the Green Bay team is as good a defense as they had since 2010. 
it hasn't lived up to all. But new defenses take time to congeal. Yep. And it's, so to me, I think Rodgers is certainly on the downslope. I don't think he's 12. He might be nine. You know, But I think that Green Bay still can win it. Okay, so you still think he's good enough to win it? For, oh, for sure. What do you guys think? Yeah, he's obviously good enough to win it, but I don't think he's good. I don't think he's at the point where if the running game doesn't support him and if he doesn't have. But the, the assumption is the running game's good. That's why he's good enough to win it this year with I, this team. I think the guys that you talked about, John Elway, Peyton Manning, and, and really Tom Brady, and the reason why those well, guys. Brady played better in Tampa than he did the last year. I mean, so I don't think Brady's an example well, of that. But God. Just talking about guys who played old, like deeper into their careers, yeah. the, th- the thing they all had in common was they lived and breathed football. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers doesn't. And I think that's part of what's kept Brady playing so well all these no, I years. Agree with that. And if you if you're not 100 percent committed to it, I, I think it's very difficult to maintain yeah. a, a high level. But here's my question: Is that dedication about being physically there or mentally there? Because I believe Aaron Rodgers' mental ability is uncanny. That he is an elite. He's one of the 30 people in the history of the world that probably understand f- offensive football at that level. But do you think he's spending the hours in the film room? I, I don't think he that- needs to. I think the question is: Is he eating? Coconut or uh, whatever ice cream, you know, meaning the stuff that flaxseed oil. Yeah, flaxseed oil. He's not doing that though. If you if you put ghee up your wazoo, and um, apparently he cares about his health. He looks. He doesn't look like a football player, but he looks healthy as hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He looks. He's like got he that ca- drawn-in look. He looks like he cares about his longevity as yeah. a human being. Which, in a way, football often hurts that because you need more muscle. I don't know about a quarterback. I tell you this. I got Green Bay in our pool. Right. And I got Tampa. I like both. I mean, right now the Rams look like crap. No doubt. Eagles are something to deal They're with. They're scary. Mm-hmm. There's something to deal with. Yep. Who's the second favorite in the uh, in the NFC? It's not the Rams. No. It's, gotta, it's Tampa. It's Tampa mm-hmm. or Green Bay. Yeah. So if I got, I think Minnesota put themselves back on the map this last. Oh, week. you're ah! crazy. All right. I mean, dude, Minnesota should have lost that game. They played. Did you watch it? I did. And you thought that I want more of that. That's who's going to win a Super Bowl. Ooh, you saved that to the end. Okay. I, you know I can't talk that much longer. <laughs> I mean, we got Fez looking at the library, laughing. And I think San Francisco keeps getting better. Well, listen, I'll tell you this: they look good. You know, a couple nights ago. Yeah. All right, boys. I. Th- what'd you think? Pretty good. Am I okay at this? I- I'd love to have you back. You know, but I got to be like Bob can Hope. Clear, I can, can, I can come, schedule next I can week. come and go the way I please. Is that a deal? That is a deal. All right, boys. Hey, the show, the feedback has been outstanding. I mean, people tweeting me. I don't know if it's like less RJ, if they just like, but they're saying this is what we needed. And I tell you, if you're a fan, if you're a fan of sports, but you like to gamble, this is the, I think the best show, what these guys are doing. So keep it up. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Can well, it's the final day of the Major League Baseball regular season. Uh, nothing to play for except for pride and stats and maybe some contract bonuses and whatnot. So let's set the stage with the look ahead. Doubleheader in Baltimore, the Blue Jays and the Orioles, with the Blue Jays playing a wild card series starting on Friday. Can't imagine a lot of regulars will be in the lineup here. Mitch White gets the start against uh, Mike Bauman for the Orioles. That's game one. Game two, Spencer Watkins going for the Orioles. No announced pitcher for the Blue Jays. Shohei Otani will make his final start of the season against the A's. Uh, the Angels are minus 250 favorites. The Angels last night losing in 10 innings, snapping their seven-game winning streak. I think you like Otani in this match. I always like Otani. Cardinals will take on the Pirates. If Otani hits 30 home runs tomorrow... We give him the MVP, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. He's got to hit 30. Sure. That'd be the American League record. That would know? be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got the Cardinals and the Pirates. Johan Oviedo going for the Pirates against the Cardinals. Haven't announced the pitcher yet. Yankees and Rangers will play out the strings. Uh, Domingo Herman gets the start. Glenn Otto going for Texas. Yankees minus 145. I don't know if they'll sit a lot of their starters because the Yankees do have several days off before the division series. So maybe get some guys the at-bats here. Don't know if we'll see Aaron Judge, though. Maybe he gets the day off. Uh, Phillies are at the Astros. Bailey Falter going for the Phillies. Framber Valdez for 
Houston. Houston minus 190. Diamondbacks at the Brewers. Merrill Kelly gets the start for Arizona. Corbin Burns for Milwaukee. Milwaukee minus 178. I bet on Arizona last night with Zach Gallon on the hill going up against the Brewers, who just got eliminated from postseason contention. Brewers won that game 3 0. The Diamondbacks had one hit, AJ. That's tough. Yeah. One one, one one hit. That's all we got. One D hit. You can't say that on the on the air. <laughs> Who cares? No one's listening. Uh the Royals at the Guardians. Jonathan Heasley gets the start for the Royals. Aaron Savali for the Guardians. Tigers at the Mariners. And it's going to be Marco Gonzalez against. Tyler Alexander for Detroit. Braves are at the Marlins. Elysier Hernandez gets the start for Miami. No announced pitcher yet for Atlanta. Mets haven't announced a starter yet. They will host the Nationals and Eric Fetty. The Giants are at the Padres. No announced pitcher for either team yet. Nick Pavetta gets the start for the Red Sox against the Rays. The Rays will send uh, Josh Fleming to the mound there. Cubs are at the Reds. Adrian Sampson going for Chicago. Graham Ashcraft for Cincinnati. Cubs minus 120. Twins are at the White Sox. Chicago minus 135. Chicago will send Davis Martin to the mound, and the Twins will counter with Louis Varland. Never heard of that guy. And then the Rockies at the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw gets his uh, postseason tune-up. Rockies haven't announced a starting pitcher yet, but for the second straight day as a north of plus 300 underdog, the Rockies beat the Dodgers last night. So I cashed in on that two nights ago. I did not have the stones, though, to cash in on it last night. What a sucker. And all these games, by the way, will be done. It's all day games today in Major League Baseball. Uh, The Rockies-Dodgers is the final game to start. That's at 420 Eastern time as Major League Baseball concludes the regular season and gets ready for the postseason, which we talked about earlier, that will begin on Friday. One college football game today, and that is SMU at UCF. Over City, baby. Yeah. Oh, 62 and a half, 63. Uh, those are the markets on the number right now. And I, it feels like both these offensive uh, offenses have big advantages. Uh, obviously, Central Florida's run the ball really well this season. I expect them to have some success against SMU. But what Central Florida's defense hasn't seen is an offense like SMU's. SMU is going to throw, throw, throw. Mm-hmm. The, the vertical passing game is, is great for them. Uh, top 10. In yards per game, 524 yards per game this SMU offense puts up. And Central Florida's defensive numbers against the pass look good. They haven't been tested by someone mm. like this. I think if you can get a three, even if you have to pay minus 120, I still like SMU plus three up to minus 120. That'll be my best bet here. I'd love the plus minus 110 if you can get it. But if you got to pay that extra 10 cents, I think it's worth it. SMU plus three going to be my best bet. I like the over in this matchup. Like I said, I was joking about it half uh, before, but no, I really do think both of these teams score into the 30s. So uh, UCF, the bounce house will be loud here on a Wednesday night. I love a it. Rare Wednesday. I love it. It's not Maction. It's, uh, you know, this is a game, though, that was rescheduled, though, because of the hurricane. Yeah, That's why. I'm all for it this. Is, like, I, oh, we love it. Give me Wednesday night college football we every week. Then we got NFL tomorrow. And, and but then more college football, and then we're, we're off. So yes. I love it. We're going to be rocking and rolling with you. Uh, speaking of college football, the college football podcast is available right now on the Dream Preview podcast feed. And if you're listening to this podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed, you got to subscribe to the new Straight Out of Vegas feed. So just search Straight Out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcasts from Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, doesn't matter. We're on all the apps. Make sure you subscribe because at the end of this week, into next week, we will no longer be simulcast on the Dream Preview podcast feed. You will only be able to see us or listen to us on the Straight Out of Vegas AM feed. We are presented by pregame.com. Let me tell you what's going on at pregame.com. We got a couple of promos for you. First off, if you're a new member, just go sign up. Why? We're giving you 25 free bucks. If it's free, it's for me. That's what I say. So $25 free if you sign up as a new member to pregame.com. Use that money to go buy a best bet package or maybe a discount towards a season-long package for anyone of our pregame pros. And how about this? We got an offer for you, and it runs through today. Buy $10, and you get $50 in bulk dollars. So, AJ, this is— What are bulk dollars? Bulk dollars, it's like fun—it's like it's money, fun money. It's money that you can use on pregame.com. 
And it spends just like cash. Spends just like cash. So Brilliant. you basically you spend $10 to get $50. And you could use that $50, limit one per person, on anything on pregame.com. So after you purchase, your 50 bulk dollars become available immediately, and they never expire. And with the majority of daily packages priced at $25 or less, you can basically get two daily packages for $10. So they're available just like cash waiting for you in your shopping cart to be applied to any and all future purchases. Buy bulk dollars. Never pay full price again at pregame.com. Follow us on Twitter. He's AJ is the real. I'm at Scott's on air and be sure to subscribe, rate, review straight out of Vegas AM wherever you get your podcast from. Have a great Wednesday and we'll talk to you tomorrow.